Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pit Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 14 of the NFP Podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Iced Tea, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? Super happy to have you back. We got a big episode today. Join me once again. The main man, Jason Davidson. How are you, Jason? Well, I'm good there, young man. How you been? Good weekend? Yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah. Had some some fun. Had some tweets. Did it up. But we'll get into that in a minute. I see that. You're cracking back out, eh? Yeah, we'll see. Also joining us today, Scott Byrne, the legend. How you doing, Scott? I'm good, guys. Really good, really good. It's warmed up out there. The water's running. Oh, man, I'm so excited for spring. Get out. Beautiful day. Not, not freeze my balls off. So, yeah, okay. yeah no, it is. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we can get right into it off the hop. So uh, what happens is there should be a breathalyzer uh, on Twitter, which, which there isn't before you tweet. <laughs> but I'm fucking sticking by it. I'm telling you this right now. I'm sticking by it. Somebody calls me out, I'll fucking ride smooth operator tomorrow. I, I Nothing against the bull, nothing against uh, the ride on the weekend, but I, I just feel like he's lost a step or two. And um, <laughs> I don't know why. I think I should ride him. But uh, yeah, just, just, just getting it out there. I mean, you know, keeping things going and, Staying in, staying in the zone. NFP podcast. We're rolling. I, I have a couple of questions. Number one, who were you hooked up with on the weekend? Was it cousins by any chance? Oh yeah, yeah. I might have been a cousin or two around the around the ranch here. Had a sneaky weasel with and a hey y'all with and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, yeah. One of them deals. You get to watch the bull rides and, and get your own opinions on things. So I like and, it. And, and number two, this is more of a comment. We do officially know how the mind thinks when inebriated, right? Yes. yes. Full of confidence. No, no confidence <laughs> lacking whatsoever. <laughs> okay, speaking of the weekend, uh, the UTB returned in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, it was a really, really, really good event. Uh, the short round was equivalent to what I think the PBR final short round is going to be this weekend. Everybody's kind of in that area. So yeah. it worked out to be a, a really great, really great short round, really great bull riding all around. Jose Vitar Leme returns after a few weeks out. With his injury, it obviously comes back with a win. Uh, not a bad, yeah. not a bad return to action for that guy, and just shows the the athlete that he is. Smashes out a ninety four and three quarters on Whoopa Jason's pick for bull of the year. Another great bull score for him. Not quite the ninety five and a half that it was at the World Finals, but ninety four and a quarter. That's going to be hard to beat for the Mason Low high marked uh, high marked of the year. So it's a good a good comeback for Jose. Which one of us had the best finish on our guys? Well, obviously me. I picked Jose from the yeah. start, right? So you guys left me with, with Lemme. So well, here yeah. comes the comeback. Here we go. Yeah, I got a third. I got a third. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Scott is still Scott's still just waiting. <laughs> still, <laughs> Scott, Scott's still on the LTIR as we uh, got some hockey terms there. Injured yeah. reserve still, yeah. But he's yeah, coming. No cap, no cap relief on that, though, Scott and Bull Riding. Sorry, there's no relief. Uh, that's all right. I, I, you know what? St- you got a good kid there. He, 
Yeah, I'm it's still sticking healthy. by it. Hey, yeah, what, what do you always fan. say, Jason? It's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? That's yeah. right. Dalen, right. Dalen will be coming in hot. But uh, uh, all of our Bulls, even though Scott's, I didn't think this very good, still got a good score. So, uh, so the, yeah, Taylor Tomez rides smooth operator in the short round for 92 and a quarter points. He's still marked to 45 or so. So we're all still in the hunt for, for Buck and Bull of the Year. Riding solo returned after the what I thought was going to be an injury for him with hitting his head really hard at the last event. Cord decided to bring him right back and buck him again. And he had another great trip, bucked off Dalton Castle, 45 and a bit. So um, you can't, can't put a hindrance on the Bulls this year. They're, they're coming to buck. And I think with kind of that half season that's going on, they're going to be really fresh and really buck all year. Chiseled is the high mark bull of the weekend that none of us picked. So we might have slept on that one. Cord McCoy, it just goes to show – it just goes to show like with uh, the McCoy ranch, you know, it takes a long time to, to build a string of bulls with that much power and the time and the effort that these guys put into it. Cause all of a sudden here they are, the McCoy ranches, you're seeing it all the time, right? They're uh, they put a lot of time and effort into it and it's finally, it's paying off for them. Yeah. Fuck cords, uh, cords, cords pen right now. I'd put up with any other pen out there. Pages, Chad burgers. He's come, he's come a long ways and, and has heat and he's deep, you know, and he's kind of like uh pages where they're not all under his name. He sells a lot as calves and his yearlings that never buck under his name. But if you look mm-hmm. at their brands, they originated from that ranch, you know, with that right. same sort of bloodline. So he's done a good job of, of mixing up different bloodlines from different contractors, including the pages and uh, some old school stuff and, and just mixing things up and making his own, his own bloodline that is proven to, to work for all other contractors as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Good for him. So San Antonio, did you guys get to get a chance to watch that on the Cowboy Channel? It was pretty good watching. Yeah, I it did actually. It's been good now with the app. Um, I actually uh, was ice fishing in the shack. We got a generator, forty-three inch TV in the ice shack. So just send her on up and sit there and watch Slum-dogging. the wild card. Yeah, watch can the wild really, card. Can you really? Good. Can you really classify that as fucking ice fishing? I'd call it ice <laughs> lounging. Ice fucking lounging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody that knows me won't be surprised. You know, we got a we got our aqua, aqua view camera in one hole, but we never saw one fish. Unfortunately, never saw a fish. So I don't know. Maybe they've migrated to the other end of the lake for the winter. I don't hey, know. Hey, so any any I day. I brought some sausage to cook on the stove in there. Any day out on the ice, ice fishing, whether you see a fish or not, it is a good day. I know yeah, it's way fact. better than the city. I'll tell you that for yeah, sure. Definitely. Big moments yeah, in San Antonio. First. Yeah. Did big you get moments. them both in, Tanner? Uh, no, uh, kind of. I got I got some of the wild card, and then I got the uh, the final round I watched. But um, you know, I was obviously mixing in a few sneaky weasels, so I didn't get totally uh, right. all of it. But I did so get Kobe Wanchuk. Yeah, he yeah. comes from the wild card round, first place, and then smokes him. And mm-hmm. yeah, and all of a sudden now he's in the top 10 in the world. Good yep. for him. Really cool. Yeah, we had lots of Canadians, eh? Uh, Kyle Lucas. Uh, who else did we have? Kyle uh, Lucas went to number one in the world. He's yeah, number one cap roper in the world right now. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing. Good for yeah. him. It's good to see Actually, these young guys going and doing it and fucking making it count. Well, it's good to see the PRCA updating standings before Wednesday of the next week. I noticed last night I had a notification um, 
uh, with the standing shuffle after San Antonio this weekend. But in a normal year, you'd wait till Wednesday, Tuesday night or Wednesday to see the updated standings from the weekend. So it kind of goes back to our previous guest with Jesse and, and putting the time in that nobody really sees like Kyle Lucas, Colby, the Hay Boys, they've been, they've been going down there for, you know, three, four years now. And finally mm-hmm. it's, it's paying off their names are you're seeing them in the bright light, seeing them at the top of the list. And uh, there you go. Hard work pays off. Right. So it's good, yeah. good to see. Another good point on that too, is like, you know, those, everybody calls it like the one hit wonders or uh, you know, it takes one ride to, to take you from one level to the next. And it's, you, you worked your whole life for that moment. Yeah, that moment is it was the changing point or the turning point in career, but it wasn't just that moment that all of a sudden you mm-hmm. became who you are. Everything that you did up to that point, now you get to live yeah. a, a different life. And, you know, he should go on the NFR and then be a professional and he'll get to live as the San Antonio champion for the rest of his life, Colby Warren. Right. That, that, yeah, that ride is, that, that ride is, you talk about the defining point, that ride is the, the, the point that people get to see. Yeah. Yeah, but there's exactly. lots, lots leading up to it. Definitely. So that was really cool to see. Jordan Hansen yeah, made, made the short round as well. Got thrown off in the short away. round, but he got some money. He got some, yeah, he got some money out of there. So that'll help him on this. Is winter Jordan round. coming home? Do we know? Have we had a report from Jordan? Is he back in Canada or staying down? He's got a few more to go to. Yeah, last he I is, talked okay. to him, yeah, there was he's staying down there for a few weeks to try to get as many of them in as he can. Because I mean, fuck, as of right now, you, you come home, you got to do the quarantine for two weeks and. Well, that. so I mean, he might you got to make it if he's yeah, going, going make it count, out, make it count, and yeah, have enough to go to. Yeah, if he's a he's a new dad and whatnot, so I know that yeah. can't be easy. But I don't know yeah. if you guys follow, you know, talking about quarantine. Um, you guys follow Kean Bext? He's no. the rebel yes. guy. Yes. Yes. Anyway, he he's volunteering, like he's traveling all over and <laughs> and documenting his. Uh, Trudeau quarantine jail or whatnot. And one of his tweets was, I just saw two guys bolting for the fire exit in the quarantine hotel. And one of them had a cowboy hat. And I was like, well, maybe Jordan Hansen flew home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Got to get out. Uh, Speaking of, speaking of Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was the only guy to ride three bulls going into the finals. Was he not out of that whole deal? No, he fell off one right off the bat. Um, uh, we talked about it. I think, didn't we? Well, say I think he bucked off in the back? extreme bulls. And that was yeah, in the extreme bulls. He bucked yeah, off. he did. Yeah. He I think he won his was... pool. He was 89. I know on one ride made. Yeah. He, he, he had a good yeah, show. Maybe he did. Going, maybe yeah. did. Yeah. And then uh, Stetson Wright takes the win. 93 points. God yeah. Damn. And come through, come ride. through the back door in the wild card as well. He needed to get, uh, so he had a good weekend, 16,000 in the bull riding. And I think, um, maybe five, 6,000 in the Bronc ride, maybe even a little more actually. Anyway, it propelled him to number one in the all around and he's winning the bull ride and standings too. So, uh, is that, where, is that good? Is that good? Is this what you want? Well, I, that what you I, want? well, I told him that's, they set the bar now. You just don't be looking over your shoulder. Just keep looking ahead. Keep going. Yeah, but that, that kid, that kid is a phenom. Like, you know, it seems like the harder they are or more out of line, especially obviously in the bull ride. And I mean, 98% of guys would buck off and you're like, Oh no, yeah. Yeah, there he is. Now, you know, it's unreal. Well, if you, if you can want to go back to his Instagram posts when he was riding before the PRCA. So when he's 16 and 17, 
like the welliest, like remember the amateur bulls that you guys had to try to stay on back in the day? They're just, you know, had holes in them this big and didn't kick. And, you know, he was spurring those bulls, like just spurring his way out of that hole and riding the ones that would just shit you off all the time. So, yeah, it's like he just doesn't fall off. And he, you know, when, when, when the, you know, cards are stacked against him and he needs to come through with a whistle, he gets it done. He so, does it. Yeah, he's good. There was a Cody Snyder had a tweet of, and I mean, Cody Snyder's like uh, Cody Lambert of America has been around, you know, since the start of bull riding, it seems like in one of our legends here in Canada. And he had a tweet talking about how in the last however many years, he's never seen somebody able to be able to track bulls like Stetson can track bulls. So, I mean, that's, you know, coming from a guy like that, that's saying something and you can, you can see it in every one of his rides. It doesn't matter if they go right, if they go left, if they, do a fucking backflip. He's gonna stick, yeah. you know, track him. He's got that young guy try, and he's he's going at it. He's he's gonna yeah. be good to watch. That's, he's gonna that's be quite a compliment for a guy wearing a 3D bull riding glove coming from the world champ. Yeah, dang right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Let's get into uh, uh, an ad read here for uh, Hey Y'all Southern Iced Tea. Hey Y'all Southern Iced Teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a Hey Y'all Southern Iced Tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey Y'all Southern Iced Teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFP. Scott, you couldn't stop laughing through the whole fucking ad read. What's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing. I- <laughs> it was He's just, uh, yeah, no, it was just uh, a comment that Jason made, you know, it's just poking the bear every so often and it's kind of funny to listen to. So, I mean, Hey, there you go. <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, God. Okay. Well, let's talk about our guest today. This one's pretty cool that uh, we were very honored to have on this show. Hopefully what you see online and what you see in the ring with this guy, carries over into our 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 pod with him our interview with him and i'm sure it will because uh, i got to meet him a long time ago uh donald cowboy Cerrone, one of the one of the greatest ufc fighters of all time uh is going to join us today so i'm looking forward to that ditto man good work tanner on the line on the lineup there that's uh that's impressive you know his profile as an athlete like he's one of the mostly you know highly respected athletes in the world so God, I've been just doing my YouTube and then tuning yeah. up on Cowboy. He's pretty, pretty interesting chap. And you can tell he shoots from the hip. You talk about wild man, Chase Outlaw or Stormy Wing, man. And I tell you what, we're, we kind of got a path we're following with our guests. Yeah, he's cool. I met Cowboy in 2014 when I first got on the Unleash the Beast tour, the Built for Tough series at that time. And it was me, Gage Gay, Brady Sims, and, and Matt Triplett, our rookie year. And we had media training. So when you get to another sports hockey, you guys know about it. When you get to a level, the, the media side of it is, is just as big as the, the riding side and all that stuff. So they want to make sure that you know that all eyes are on you now and to act this certain way. Uh, well, they bring in Cowboy Stroni to do our fucking media training for us. And uh, as I'm sure you hear in this interview, uh, that's a, it's a pretty good guy yeah. to how train you. <laughs> That's going to be fun. One guy we're thinking about, Brennan Eldridge. Uh, Brennan Eldridge got stepped on last weekend in Fort Worth and partially collapsed the lung and broke some ribs. So he's going to be out four to six weeks. So another another friend of the show, we're, we're thinking about him and glad that it wasn't 
wasn't more serious than that, but it's it's never fun to see a, a fellow guy go down no. or a buddy yours to go down, especially with those stomach injuries like that. Yeah, yeah and, you know, he's – yeah, you know, that's how – like we talked about it, that's how these guys uh, support their families and make a living. And now you're on the shelf for, you know, that certain amount of time missing some key events. You just – you don't get that time or those events back. Yeah, exactly. Another guy that's out as well, Chase Outlaw, was supposed to return here uh to the to the utb series at the highest level the last weekend in fort worth and went to a touring pro the weekend before and then it was tweeted justin Falesco tweeted it online that he'd got on three practice bulls at home and must have been hurting him because he decided to to sit it out again this weekend so i don't know when we're gonna see him return off to reach out and see what's going on there but obviously uh that shoulder's not back to 100 yeah and chase being as wound I wound tightly as he is. He's got to be getting frustrated with it. And I know I follow him on Instagram and um, he's at home there doing chores and stuff. I'm sure he's sick of doing that, but uh, got to be getting frustrating for him. That's a lot. That's a lot of surgeries too. He's had, I think three on each side. We'll have to, I'll have to confirm that with him. I might just be fucking lying about that, but it's been a lot on each, on each shoulder. And you know, that's, as much as we all talk about it, career injuries and, and how we try to not let them affect us shit like that affects you especially in the sport of bull riding that's so hard on your body on top of those surgeries well, how, how many how many surgeries has best plug had on his shoulders over the years yeah same i think he had like six and, and surgeries before he was 25 or something yeah like i think the first one you know was when he was 16 or 17 years old it'd be oh. interesting to ask him like how he you know as he's aging now how you know how those shoulders feel the use of them you know if there's any issues I always find, and you know, I don't know if that's like something you learn from your grandpa or what, but when the weather's changing, my back, like it, like it almost, you know, if anybody works around cattle, they understand when cattle don't want to work, it's just a sign the weather's going to change. I feel the same, like with my back, the weather's going to be bullshit, you know, it's, it causes problems and soreness. So, you know, I guess all these athletes in the, in the PBR that have, underwent all these major reconstructive surgeries a guy should be circling back with them and and get their take on how they feel like are they a hundred percent in you know when they're done riding bulls and with everyday life or is it something they got to deal with on a regular basis yeah i think well, so speak, speaking from experience it's something that you deal with on a regular basis i know as i get older <clears throat> those little pains that hurt not bad even 10 years ago wow it's uh yeah, I'm noticing that at the start of the day, getting out of bed, like, so do you feel here- more like on a colder day though? Like on, when the weather gets turns cold, do you feel like you're more stiff or you just, just don't like me and don't want to go deal with the elements a bit maybe? Well, well, when I'm kneeling at a fucking watering bowl at 48 <laughs> below, my knees hurt a little worse. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter how athletic or how, how young you were. That would <laughs> yeah. suck ass. Yeah. No, but my, like I, I Grandma Byrne always said, you know, you're going to feel those when you get older. And of course, you're 22 years old and you're like, yeah, right, whatever. I just, uh, I notice it right from the time I get out of bed until I can get moving. And, yeah, so. Get to well, I'm going to stick with the weather thing because when I'm in Puerto Vallarta in my favorite room overlooking the Pacific <laughs> Ocean, drinking an ice cold Bud Light, I have no pain. There's none. <laughs> It's you're shit faced. <laughs> yeah, you're drunk. No, that's the first Bud Light of the day. My body hurts every fucking minute. I think right now. Yeah. Um, well, ten thirty. Mimosas at nine. Yeah, uh, true. 
riding to to fighting is a little bit different too in a sense of uh fighting there's your injuries that you get from you know getting hurt or getting in those wrecks but there's lots of days where there's there's you know nothing happens to you in that sense you know you don't take every time you ride a bull or even get on a bull if you're 90 points you're still getting that the fucking your arm the shit jerked out of your arm and you're landing on the ground you know every time that you tie onto a bull even if it's the best ride of your life it still wears you out right so i'm gonna tell you yeah and i agree 100 percent. i mean as a bullfighter yeah you take the shot and all that stuff but man it doesn't even compare like you said muscles and bruises and bangs and tears it wouldn't even compare to what a professional bull rider goes through in his career there's there's no doubt about that there's a lot of stuff too that goes into like the that's why i bring up chase and his shoulders going back to my career of it when i i tore my groin both my groins really bad completely off the bone and and let them heal but they in my even might have been in my head too but it they never felt the same you know, and you, you yeah. lose that confidence, you lose that. I feel like you lose that strength and you see a lot of guys in their careers that you go back on and you're like, what, what the fuck, what happened to that guy? He was so good. And it's little things that, that maybe you don't know that they're dealing with that, that totally affects your game. You look at a hockey player. If he has that sort of injury, it's going to affect his game. Yeah. And, and mentally, mentally too. That's the biggest thing. Like you said, uh, I was just thinking as you're talking about chase, if after we'll say six surgeries, that's when maybe guys got to change up their style of riding to compensate for what doesn't work as good as it used to. And, and here again, the mental game comes into play. So or just yeah, pull a Robert Bowers and switch hands. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. True. Not many, not many can get away with that shit no. though. No. JB did on, on that video that we posted the other day on, yes. on NFP. He did that, but he takes a special kind of fucking human to do that. That's yeah, for sure. That's right. Even JB too, with the shoulder, he talked about it, that it feels better than it ever has, but you can still see in his riding. It's, it still looks different than it did before. Yep. It was totally completely torn apart. So all those things, as much as, as you don't want to admit or don't think that they affect you, they affect you every time you get on the back of a ball. That's right. That's right. Another side of things, uh, if you guys are on Snapchat, all you listeners out there, Ezekiel Mitchell, uh, a few of his buddies, they have their own series right now. It's a little bit of a, a docu-series um, where it kind of follows. It's pretty cool to see. I've never I've never really looked into this before, but the Snapchat is becoming a bigger platform where guys have their own little shows and, and series, and it's called Life by the Horns, and they're doing a bunch of cool stuff, and Zeke's a guy that, that really understands that the media side of it and getting himself out there and doing stuff with IMG modeling and, and um, you know, not just taking the bull riding side in, but, but trying to do as much as he can outside of it to make a career for himself. And it's pretty cool to see. And if you get some time, check out that, that documentary series. Well, I think I'm on Snapchat. You're a Snapchatter, aren't you, Scott? Yeah, I got Snapchat and I actually seen his uh, kind of I don't intro know I do. to follow it or start watching it. And so I'm going to take that in. If I can, if I can't find it, I just ask the boys because they probably watched it ten times. Yeah, already, Another, yeah, you're uh, right. It's yeah, it's its own little series, so it's really cool. And just to see guys, uh, Cowboy will talk about it. I'm sure in, in his sport, our guest today with the UFC of of how he's done things. If you follow him on social media, he's done some crazy stuff outside of of the ring, and he and he's made a life for himself from what he did in the UFC, but from from the the brand that he made for himself and and how he promoted himself and got himself out there he's gonna have a career afterwards and uh, guys like ezekiel and and 
it's kind of different, you know, it's hard because you want to focus on your job and, and, um, you know, there's a lot of naysayers on that side of it, but I mean, fuck, you know, you look at cowboy and he's as an acting career now and you, you know, Zeke's going to do all this different stuff and you gotta, you gotta brand yourself and that's what gets you those endorsement deals and all that other stuff too. You gotta do your job in the arena, obviously. Um, but even JB was always, you know, he's as much as he's a hard ass, he was always, down for interviews and and down for you know making sure that he was doing all that stuff that was going to propel his career to to be the best so it's yeah it's it's part of the game nowadays if you've seen as as much as my uh my sneaky weasel confidence came into play uh if you guys follow jeremy walker on instagram or twitter uh the other day zeke was they must have been at the bar or somewhere and uh spouting off him and ezekiel mitchell and jt moore spouting off to jeremy that they were going to ride Red Clark and uh, Bucking for Cash. And Jeremy's a guy that, same thing, doesn't shy away from the media, loves, you know, building that shit up. He says, fuck it, let's go tomorrow. Then I'll run them in. I'll run those two wheels in. You guys come and get on them. And then, you know, you wait, you, you know, sleep through the night. And I message Jeremy, and he's like, yeah, it's it's going down, man. And uh, I don't know what happened to JT. I didn't see him get on Bucking for Cash, but they posted the video. And Zeke got on Red Clark, who's one of the top bulls, big, scary, sucker, mean fucker. Uh, he got on him at the house at Jeremy Walker. Then he went right. Uh, Red Clark went right, and Zeke rode him a little ways. But, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool to follow through. With, yeah, followed through with the yeah. drinking the night before. I've done that a few times. Uh, oh, but, yeah. But to follow through with it the next day and actually tie your hand to that bull in the practice pen, I thought that was a pretty good story. <laughs> And, and talk about promoting and drawing attention to yourself. What it, you know, basically what it's all promoting yourself, man, there, there'd have been hundreds of thousands of people watching that for sure. Yeah, no no kidding. Huge. Definitely. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of promotions. Yeah. We got our, something new. Oh, our newest promotions. Yes. Manscaped <laughs> fellas. Check it out. Check it out. Shave your nuts. They're going to thank you. Your significant <laughs> other is going to thank you as well. Support for the NFP podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code NFP, NFP capitalized, NFP20 at manscaped.com. So everybody go over there. And check that out. It's it's every it's everything that you need for for your manscaping needs, which which is well needed. I'm telling you, your significant others are going to thank you for it. Your balls are going to thank you for it. Uh, it's 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 going to be something that that you buy, you be a part of. You're going to get stuck and get hooked with it, and you're going to want to keep going. So, check it out. Manscaped.com. NFP 20 percent off. Let's go. Shave your nuts. Don't be a pussy. Shave your nuts. <laughs> What about that's that might best promo code in the history of promo codes. It's a good thing I got hashtag NFP trademarked, or I think the bots would be stealing it from us every yep, day. That's sure. right. We're gonna get some hats and, and some uh shirts and some merch here going too for everybody that wants to, to join the join the NFP movement. And as you can tell by our guests, whenever whenever we get that question, uh, it, it it really works for every different lifestyle and we get some good comments back on what it means to everybody. And it's definitely a lifestyle. So we're going to keep that going as, as much as we can. So the next event 
scheduled on the PBR tour is Glendale, Arizona, March 6th and 7th. They're going to try to go inside, go into some of these buildings. I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. We'll keep everybody updated. If there's going to be fans, if I, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, really it's... put into words that they're going to let bow riders and the, this, you know, the PBR or different companies come into these hockey arenas where they're not even letting fans into these hockey arenas right now. I don't know. It's up in the air for me if, if it's going to go or what's going to go on here in the next little bit. What do you think, Jason? Well, um, Vegas had fans last night, so that was good to see for the first time. Um, what a game too came from, I think they were down four to two and ended up winning five, four in overtime. And uh, Mark Stone, Winnipeg boy played with the Brandon Wee Kings right in Scott's backyard there. I watched him play a ton of junior hockey. And if you watch that guy score a goal or get an assist or just even on the bench when his team scores, like, man, he's just so into it. Like he's such a competitor. Last night he was the game star five assists. He had five apples on five goals. And when he came out, um, I'm sure it's all over Sportsnet today, but his response to having those people in the stands were, you know, it was unbelievable. I texted him last night. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's part of the reason, <coughs> excuse me, you play. And if you've ever been in T-Mobile for a hockey game, it's, cool. a, it's, it's, you can't even describe yeah. the atmosphere from the Saddle Dome to T-Mobile. It's not even, there's no comparison. So Chandler was just, you know, it's just like it was a sense of normalcy for the first mm-hmm. time you know, in 10 months, well, more than that for hockey or less than that for hockey, I guess. But, um, you know, they've been playing in the bubble, which, you know, there's, that can't be easy. Talk about no. mental health issues. Um, the, the rules that these guys have, even though they're not in a so-called bubble, like they were in Edmonton and Toronto for the playoffs, they, there's strict rules for these guys to follow to and from the rink and what they're doing, you know, while they're not at the rink. So it's, it's gotta be wearing on some of these players, I would think. I, I, I had a phone call from a contractor here um, on Monday and uh, and he's going with three events, rodeos, but he's going with three events. <clears throat> Doesn't care. Having crowds, whoever wants to come, come. Going to take the fine if that's what it comes to. But he's just, he's done with it. And uh, he's going to, he's going to, he said, if I got to be the guy to step out there and, and do this and maybe people follow or don't follow whatever, he said, I'm going to be the guy. So, you know, I, I congratulated him. I mean, I, we got to do something. So I guess well, look, with Montana, Montana, the Dakotas, Florida, like they're, they're open. So mm-hmm. if the data is correct, but you can't trust any news outlets, you know, I think Trump did nail something and that was the fake news. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's the narrative they want you to, to, to follow. And, but you know, if you follow those governors on Twitter or whatever, they're, they're supplying the data comparing uh, Florida to, to California and California was in some severe lockdown rules. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, locked right down. And if you just compare the data, it makes no sense. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I think, and also did you, have you guys been following this? Uh, Alberta put a vote out to have rodeo as their official uh, provincial sport. Have you no. seen that? Uh-uh. Yeah. And, and it's last we checked, uh, Braden and I this morning doing chores, it was uh, 64% yay that it's going to be, it'll be oh, Alberta. Yeah. Rodeo yeah. official. Yeah. So, hey, there That's you go cool. again. A little, little more promotion. But yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know where the final number will end up. And hopefully we end up uh, in the winning end of it. But hell, whoever put that together, good idea. I mean, uh, 
I mean, really, let's be honest, Alberta is is really known for that Western lifestyle, ranching, blah, blah, blah. So uh, Calgary Stampede, greatest great. outdoor show on earth, man. Yeah. So if they, if they can stick that hashtag or handle behind uh, the province of Alberta, good for them. Awesome. Awesome to see. Yeah. Fucking right. So that's pretty cool. I haven't seen that. I'll have to get, get online and, and support that as much as we can. Check it out. I just say that's huge promotion for the sport and try to get shit yeah. going back again. Panoka, Calgary, try to get the, mm-hmm. all this shit going again. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but I'm stoked to get with our guest, man. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. fucking right, boys and girls. Yeah. I think this this guy might be the biggest personality I've ever met. Like, talk about confident. Nobody wants, and this is how I am. Take it or leave it. I don't know. I think uh, I think a lot of people can rip a page out of this guy's book when you hear his story yeah he marches to the beat of his own drum that's 100%. all there is to it and it doesn't matter what you say what you think he's gonna live his life the way he wants to live his life and you know a lot of people should should follow in that and not try to impress everybody else and just be yourself so let's see what he has to say though because it's gonna be wild it's gonna be fun we're gonna throw it to our interview with donald cowboy Cerrone. you know he is who he is, and he does what he does. It's part of the fun. He's incredibly talented and can do a million different things. But I, I can't stand that he rock climbs, wakeboards, and bull rides the week of the fucking fight. So, anyway. I don't definitely want to be known as the hardest worker or the you know, the greatest fighter would be cool. I mean, but I train as hard as I need to train to live the lifestyle I like to live. Yeah, I mean, if I probably dropped everything like everyone says and followed the rules and ate right and did right and be a champion in the world, sure, but I wouldn't be happy. Our guest today holds the record for the most wins, most finishes, most fight night bonus, and knockdowns landed in UFC history. The beer-drinking, ass-kicking, bad motherfucker, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy, what's up? What's going on, boys? Thanks for coming on, man. How is it? it's going good just driving home you know sometimes you guys know how to fucking haul state to state so i ain't saying nothing to you boys but uh the, the, the general public don't get it you got to go have fun on the weekend and make the long haul drive home yeah back to reality never never the fun part is, to is today right so what right. were you uh what were you doing can you touch on that a little bit for us following on your instagram it looked like you're at a pretty epic fucking event with dan bolzeria and ken block the full crew what what do you have going on this weekend <laughs> well i've been trying to get uh ken's been trying to get me to go snowmobile on all season i've been trying to get dan to go sledding all season so uh ken said man we just got snow here in utah get your ass here let's go play so I told Dan, you fired the jet, meet me there. I'll tow the sleds. And uh, that's what happened. So he rented the fucking most amazing house I've ever been in in my life. I felt <laughs> I felt guilty just shitting in a different bathroom every time. You know what I mean? It was wild. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so on the sledding, any wrecks in the sledding? Uh, uh, yeah, Dan ripped the A-arm off my fucking sled the first 15 minutes we were in, so that nice. sucks. But, uh, nice. But uh broke my timber sled, two sleds, and my trailer broke. So it was a pretty successful weekend. Yeah, <laughs> epic, epic. Hey, and I seen yeah. that you were uh, – yeah. You were skiing too, and that's something that you've never done before. Oh my god, it was brutal, bro! Brutal. 
keep in shape. You got to keep on sh- in shape on the weekends too, Cowboys. So uh, you're heading back home now. Is it? Uh, do you get a workout in today, or do you start tomorrow? I uh, start today when I get home. Yeah, right to it. What are you putting in for time? So my day normally is about nine or nine thirty in the morning. We do strength conditioning and cardio. Uh, then I have a mid training session, which is usually around one between one and three. And that's usually the technique working with striking or jujitsu technique. And then we have night training and it's usually from six to nine 30 every night. Wow. So every, like, and that's my day. And is that a five day a week program for you or six weekdays sometimes? Usually six. Yeah. And then I, I play in between and have a day to fuck off for sure. So it's, uh, it's all, it's all a, a balance, you know, you gotta, you gotta have fun, which is, I was supposed to fight March 6th and they moved to March 27th. So I was like ready to rock and then they pushed my fight to May 8th. So that's why I was able to come fuck off for the weekend. Cause I'm ready to go now, you know, and I need a, you can't, you can't burn the candle at both ends, man. It just, you, you don't, your body can't take it. So you gotta have a little recovery time. Absolutely. That's awesome. So your next fight's with Diego Sanchez, right? Yep, Diego Sanchez, May 8th. I think it's in Vegas. I, I'd love to give you more, but I don't even know myself. So Yeah, it's kind of all up in the same as the bull riding world, I guess. It's all up in the air where everything's going to fucking happen. And where well, hey, be great happening. news, though, guys. I watched the Vegas Golden Knights game last night. They had fans in the in the arena T-Mobile for the first time. Oh, so shit. It was great to see. I, I'm not 100% sure on the percentage of the fans, but uh, there was fans in the arena there last night. Yo, man, they need to just open the world back up. They need to, What they need to do is just let this fucking virus come out and kill off the fucking week. And I understand that's harsh, and I get it. <laughs> but it's what's going it it's, it's, it's just It's just natural selection, man. You know, if you're just if – you, if you're old and you're weak, stay the fuck home. If you don't give a fuck and you want to go out, you should be able to go out and eat dinner at a regular restaurant, knowing the cases and the, rep- the repercussion that you might get sick and you might die, you know, but them, them taking it away from us is crazy to me. Fucking absurd. So I don't know. I'm sure everyone else is, is over it too. The tough part is, is the two weeks flatten the curve. We're coming up almost a year on that now, you know, right. It's 50, I mean. 51 weeks of flattening the curve now. That's a little excess for me. For everybody, for everybody, man, it's crazy. I'll tell you what, fucking two years ago, if you wore a mask into a bank or on an airplane, they're throwing you the fuck off. Yeah. Now it's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now it's a thing. You can't even sit on an airplane without a mask. Like, come on. Or walk into a bank. It's crazy. I, uh, I saw an awesome. <laughs> so tweet. you're not wearing a mask, I, cowboy? <laughs> I, I, I got yelled at so much on the ski slope yesterday. We're not having our mask on. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck are you talking to, bitch? Just do your job. Who cares? Like, why? What's it matter? I haven't had a mask on this whole time, and now I'm. There was no lines. So, like, the lifts were wide open yesterday. It's like there's no one I could possibly infect if if I was infected. You know, it's, it's crazy. Which I have the uh, antibodies, so I I don't know. I, I think you should wear a fucking sticker or something that says I'm good and be okay to walk around. <laughs> yeah. Have you had it? No, never got it. Oh no. Never yeah. Did. Yeah. Okay, well, let's fucking um, skip over that for a bit for now, because I want to get into how you um, 
how you got into the UFC, a guy like you, um, you know, started out Colorado getting on some bulls and shit. What's the fucking path for a normal guy to, to get to the UFC? Oh man. Nowadays, a lot of hard work. Even when I had, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of training, but yeah, when I was in uh, high school chasing the rodeo, I loved it, man. It was so fun. You know, it was, it was, I love competing. So that was like, you're not competing against anybody, but yourself. It's not like you have a team Well, you do, you're right. The guys you're with, but yeah. it's like all one-on-one you. And so there's no, no one to fall back on or no one to bitch or complain other than yourself. And that's the kind of, that's what fighting for me is like, there's no one, no excuse I can make other than me being a pussy. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, I started out bull riding and you guys know, just drinking, drinking and partying and cowboys talking shit at the bar. It ain't, it ain't easy to, to just not make it through a night without getting confronted. If you're looking for trouble, it's easy to find, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And back then, I was I was always looking for trouble, so I'd run into some fucking big tough cowboys. That you little punk kid, he wants some shit, and they'd they'd give it to me. So it was fun. And then you so went into like, uh, kickboxing. Yeah, then I started kickboxing when I was about twenty years old, and I uh, traveled around the world. I fought in over probably forty five countries kickboxing. Fuck. And no uh, oh, man, it was so fun. Most fun did that had. come like, pretty natural for you, Cowboy? Like at 20, um, would you say that was a bit of a later start at that profession than the guys you were competing against? Of course, the kids now, the sport's so huge. Like when I first started kickboxing, there was no MMA. It wasn't like a thing. UFC 1 and 2, it just started. You know what I mean? Oh, I remember yeah. watching yeah. UFC 1, like, what the fuck is this? So <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like a sport yet. So kickboxing was the only thing I could do at the time that wasn't boxing or fucking lame-ass Taekwondo, you know what I mean? So yeah. I uh, I just went and, and, and did it, and I, I don't know about natural. I used to just knock the fuck out of people when I was on the street, so I gave it a go, and, and <laughs> that's kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you, which UFC did it? Did you a light bulb go off and, and said this is this is my this is my destiny. This is what I will do. So I. With kickboxing, um, I have 28 professional kickboxing um, fights. I went 28 and 0 as a professional kickboxer, and around, right around 26 or 27 of my kickboxing fight, I had a promoter call me and say, "Now, mind you, when I'm kickboxing traveling the world, I'd make 500 bucks, a thousand dollars to go and fight for a world title, like no money, nothing at all, right?" And uh, a guy called me and said, "I'll give you five thousand dollars to come do this uh, MMA," and I was like, "What the fuck is MMA?" But all right, you're gonna pay me five grand? Shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, I used to fucking lay hardwood floor and roof in between. I did anything I could hard work to get it done. And $5,000 to me was a lot of money. So I was like, shit, I'll fight three guys for five grand. Let's go. And I went in there and um, started training jujitsu and took the fight. Next weekend, took another fight and just started, just started doing the, doing the, um, the MMA kind of training and getting geared up for it and fell in love with the sport. I didn't even know it would still at this point, didn't realize it was going to be a career move or, or like a permanent job. You know what I mean? I just thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, then the tap out guys picked me up and put me on a, on their, on their uh, looking for a fighter kind of tap out show they had at the time. I got signed with the WC, which now is DC acquired them and bought them kind of like uh <laughs> The AMG owns fucking 
us and PBR now, right? We're all we're all under one umbrella. Same thing when that happened then. So that's how I got signed with the UFC. I just kind of got grandfathered in through the WC. And when I was in the WC, my very first fight, I made thirty thousand dollars. I was like, oh my god, this wow. is what I'm talking. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, um, man, that was that was the turning point. I said, I think it's time to quit my job and start maybe taking this shit serious. Fuck yeah. So, like how's it work within the UFC? Do you guys sign a contract for a certain amount of fights or are you on yeah. tour? Or are you rated or how does, how do you stay on tour or get on tour? So you um, sign a fight contract, right? And uh, which is really one-sided on their end. So at any time the UFC can cut me, release me, stall me out, hold me. I can't leave ever. I'm, oh, okay. my likeness is owned for life. And, um, I'm under contract with them, so I could never fight for another organization or leave or go anywhere while under the UFC contract. And usually people sign, man, a one to two, three fight deal. I always sign fucking eight or nine fight deals because I love fighting, so I didn't give a shit. And to me, to me, UFC is where I want to be. That's where I want to end my career. That's where I want to finish out everything I planned, right? I don't plan on ever going and fighting for another organization. Um, it's kind of like you boys, you know, like the PBR. That's the fucking that's the fucking big deal, right? So that's the tits. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, man, but you guys, I understand, are allowed to still ride another rodeos locally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or different associations and shit like that, as right. long as it doesn't interfere. Yeah, we are not. Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're stuck. You're yeah. You're on a contract and signed right with them. Right. So you'll sign a contract. Let's say you come in, they give you a four fight deal. Um you'll get X amount of dollars to show and you'll get X amount of dollars to win. So usually it's, usually it's half and half. Usually you'll get like 10,000 to show up the fight, $10,000 to win the fight. Um, and that you negotiate your deal. Your second fight might be 12 and 12 and then 18 and 18 and 20 and 20, right? It, it always increases as you're, you're winning fights and it only increases if you win. So just because you have one fight on your contract, if you lost, your money doesn't increase, if that makes any sense. But you still burn up one of your four fights. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then your endorsements. Right? So, for a long time, Reebok had control, right, in the ring of, of what you guys could wear on your shorts. Is that you guys can wear what you correct. want now? And is that all you, or do you have to share that with the UFC? Or? So Venom just signed with them. So now Venom's the new sponsor of, um, of the UFC, which will help provide all the gear. And yeah, it used to be you could wear whatever you wanted, right? You could wear anything, but now, no, you can't. all endorsement deals are done outside. Unlike you guys, again, like uh, you guys wear them on your on your jackets, you know, and on your chaps. So it's a different different kind of thing. I wish we could go back to that, but uh, I don't know. I think it looks fucking cool, man. When you see the guys with different different shorts and the different sponsors, yeah. like oh oh yeah, he's sponsored by Dewalt Tools or Monster Energy. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's cool. Yeah. But yeah. no, none of that. When you walk to the ring, Cowboy, can you wear what you want on a ball cap or a shirt before you enter Absolutely. the ring? Absolutely not. Huh. Nothing. Okay. I I am allowed to wear my cowboy hat just because I've branded it. You know what I mean? Other people, no fucking way. Not a chance. In that sense, so um you as a guy that that there's lots of strict rules within the UFC. How have you, I'm sure you have been fucking pee-pee slapped a few times, but how have you not been like kicked out or, you know, like you keep building your brand and, and you kind of make it where you're like, uh, you can do whatever you want or say whatever you want. Cause 
really they need you as much as you need them type of thing or, or have you had lots of issues with within the UFC? I know I'm not really like I don't do drugs. I don't get caught drinking and driving. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't I'm not a fucking total fuck up. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I got, I, no, I don't I mean, mean it that way. I mean it in the sense of the shit yeah. that you say and, you know, like some yeah, of the stuff uh, in the media. The things that I say I get in trouble for. But like you said, I. I've kind of been grandfathered in. Like, there's, we have to sign a, a policy like, no riding horses, no uh, motorcycles, no snowmobiles, no fucking extreme sports. Fuck. I don't have to sign that uh, no. because if you're under contract, they can't have you sign a fight and then go get on a motorcycle and wreck and fucking, bro, you cost so much. If you're a main event in a fight and all of a sudden now you're hurt, the fight's canceled. You know what I mean? It's the cost of the UFC a lot of money. So same thing with like uh, football and basketball players. They can't, they can't ride any of that stuff either, but I've never pulled out of a fight. I've never not shown up. So I told them to go ahead, kiss my ass. I ain't signed shit. And they, they just let it go. So. Wow. So speaking of all that shit, the outside ATV riding, horse riding, uh, you're doing the shooting, mounted <laughs> shooting, the fucking right. water sports, all that stuff. And, and you've really built your own, fucking city the bmf <laughs> ranch the bad motherfucker right? ranch can you kind of explain for the people that don't know what what the bad motherfucker the bmf ranch is all about yeah well we started off i i wanted to build a place for the young and up-and-coming fighters to come train where there was no politics no i get mad at you for going to train here see that my sport is really it's a team-driven sport also but the coaching staff are such fucking losers man they get mad like for you if you went and and got on a few bulls or went over a friend's house. That's cool. You're cross training. You're like learning from somebody else for me to go do that. It's like, so fucking like, Oh my God, how could you possibly go train with those guys? You know, I don't get it. So I opened up the ranch to allow anybody to come and train with no drama. I don't give a fuck. You come, you don't. And, uh, yeah, we don't raise cattle. We raise bad motherfuckers. I teach these little pussies how to be men. So it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about the white Buffalo? Where'd the white Buffalo come from? That took me 10 years to find, man. 10 huh. years to find her. Yeah, it took a long time. That's that's my queen, man. She gets she gets royalty at the ranch, so it's cool. Oh, it's yeah. Cool. That's no shit. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, um, and she that's in that's in New Mexico. For everybody that's, that doesn't follow Calby already, go go check that out and fucking go check out what the BMF ranch is all that's about. That's for any of you pussies that want to toughen up. Okay, what about, um, obviously, one of the bigger parts in your um, – career so far i don't know if it's big for you but for outsiders it seems it seemed like a huge deal but um your conor mcgregor fight that's i don't know what everybody in the game thinks of that guy um how it all works and and you know it, it really seems from the outside looking in that it's that's kind of the the golden ticket is getting a fight with that guy seems like there's more money involved i don't know i wanted to get your inside opinion on it and how how you got that fight and and what you thought of that whole experience sure well, I got that fight because I fucking earned that fight. That's how I got it. But um, what people don't understand, they think, oh, you fight Connor, you're a millionaire. Oh, you fight Connor, you fucking make all this money. No, bitch. I make the money that I'm fucking contracted to make. It doesn't okay. matter if I fight Connor McGregor, if I fight uh, Khabib, if I fight anybody. The, the fight deal that we talked about earlier, that's my contract. I'm. Right. They don't. They don't change. It's not like, oh, you're fighting him re-up the contract you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't work like that so people think just because you get a big name fight or a big fight all of a sudden you're getting you're just retirement living on the beach fucking doesn't work like that so um 
But yeah, I mean, the fight happened. Connor wanted the fight. I fucking was on the biggest stage I've ever been on in my entire life and uh, and blew it. You know, it's it's it sucks. It's a shitty shitty feeling. I got no problem looking myself in the mirror and saying that I I I stood I stood in there with the best. You know, and I fucking I fell short. I got no no problem problem saying that or. A lot of people are like, you fucking threw the fight. How could you? You fucking must have bet money against yourself. You, the UFC paid you off. Like, yeah. For one, I'm a fucking man. And I'm not ever, no one's ever going to fucking buy me, bitch. Like, it's not going to happen. So, um, he was just better that day, you know? And I don't know. Who knows? You know, I agree. I, there's so many comparisons in this conversation to rodeo and bull riding and bull fighting. Um, right. You know, when you maybe get beat down or, or who cares anybody else thinks, but you just, it just makes you fucking want to kick more ass to get up and go yeah. harder. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. You got the McGregor fight, um, a while back. You've had a few since then you got the Sanchez fight coming up. Um, obviously in the media, everybody's talking about, uh, how much longer you're going to go with 36 wins, all these fucking records being, you know, the really the greatest in UFC history. And, definitely in our opinion, but in, in lots of people's opinion, uh, how long are you going to go and what keeps you, what keeps you in the game? What keeps you fighting? Yeah, man, people, I mean, this, I've, I've had a rough system McGregor loss. I've lost two after, I don't know what it, it's been a fucking shitty good. And I'm going to explain to you why it's really easy. It's hard to be hungry when you're full. That makes any fucking sense to you. Fuck it right? Oh, that's hard you. for me. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. I, I had a, it's hard for me to have the money in the bank account to fucking get up and go push myself. I, I reached a point in my career where I was like, man, fuck it. And now I look back on that and those losses, a couple of those fights at the Anthony Pettis fight, my very last fight I just had, I should have got a fucking draw. I should have went there and shut and gotten fucking beat his ass, you know? And I'm more motivated than I am right now than when I fucking started. The Diego Sanchez fight has fired the fuck up, but, I got back into a lot of jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu tournament. It got me fucking lit the fire, man. I'm, I got a lot of um, training that I haven't been, that I've, I've neglected to do that I've started doing again. So I'm excited. How long am I going to go until I'm not having fun anymore? That's when I'm done. When I go in there and I no longer fucking get the butterflies and I no longer enjoy what I'm doing, I'll, I'll fucking bow out. But until then, man, I'm fucking kicking ass. Baby, I love it. It's, just, it's wow. like you guys getting all scary. It's scary. It's you're worried. There's so many nerves and excitement. And did I do enough? Did I not do enough? You know, is, is he going to come out and what's he going to do? You know, you don't know. It's the unknown. That, that's the greatest feeling. So when I know that I'm hung that, I, I won't do it anymore. Well, I love that line. Hard to be hungry when you're already full. I'm never going to forget that. I think that uh, that is layman's terms. And, and you talk about Cole's notes or dumbing it down for the average person to understand something. That's uh that's a mouthful right there. I love it. But, you know, you said some about until that fire burns out or the butterflies, um, we can all attest to that in our disciplines, going into an arena, doing what we do. And, and uh, I, I would like to know um, what that is like, Cowboy, when you get to, let's say, T-Mobile or the biggest stage, maybe it was against Connor, and sure. uh, how your day looks, like that day. Like, how does that day play out for uh, – Cowboys. Well, well, first, let me touch on one thing before I get into that. I mean, you're talking about the biggest stage. You guys also have the same thing. You have the same consequences. Like, you could be great practicing all week, your whole entire duration to going on and riding for that rodeo or riding 
for the fight that I have coming up, right? Everything can be smooth sailing. You have one thing, one bad energy person around you, one bad vibe, and all of a sudden you second-guessing yourself, and you second-guessing yourself when you're sitting on the back of a fucking bull or getting in a cage with somebody coming to beat the fuck out of me. Shit can happen. You know what I mean? A lot of bad can happen. So what does my day look like? Some days is sitting around, just hanging out. You wake up, you try to sleep. You can't sleep because all night you've been fucking dreaming about a dude. How queer is that, right? All night long I dream about a dude. How fucking lame is that? And <laughs> I don't sleep. You're, you're, you're hungry. But I don't want to eat because I don't want to eat too much because I'm going out there to push my body to the limits. So if I eat too much, now I'm full and I'm going to throw up. So I don't really eat, but I'm starving. So I'm drinking. All your friends and your family are sending you messages like, you got this. So already in your guys' minds, I'm going to win the fight. I'm already going in there to beat this dude's ass. Like, everyone I know, everyone I love is like, you got this, no problem. So you have that extra weight on your shoulders. Yeah. And you're just sitting there and it's the time is crawling by, crawling by. And you're heavy and I'm fucking sluggish and I'm thinking, did I do enough, man? Am I ready for this fight? Then they call you, you know, you're trying to get picked up in the bus comes, you get your team and they're all pumped up, but you're not real sure. You're not real ready. You've got up your bus and you're, you're wrapping your hands now. And when you wrap your hands are about two hours out typically, you know, and your and your arms are heavy and there's so much self doubt going on. Did I do enough? Did I did I not do enough? And then and on the flip side of that coin, there's some days that I'm sitting down, I'm like, hurry up and wrap it. Hurry up and fight. Let's go ring the bell. This motherfucker's dead. I'm in the zone. I'm fucking ready. And I call that the flow state. When you're in the fucking flow state and it feels like someone's playing, like you're playing yourself in a video game in third person, right? I'm like controlling myself. I'm, no one can beat me on that day. I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And getting that, I wish I knew the secret to get into that zone. 90% of the time, I'm sitting there with self-doubt and I'm sitting there with the with the nerves and the, oh man, feeling like the doubt that I'm going to let a lot of people down, you know, not even, it's not even about me anymore. It's about the, my friends and family letting them down. So I'm wrapping my hands. Now we're two fights out. We got to warm up. Coach is like, let's go. Let's fucking get a sweat. Let's get this going. I'm heavy. I'm sluggish. I don't want to. I tell him no, I don't want to. I don't feel like hitting pads. I don't feel like wrestling. We don't give a fuck, Cowboy. It's time to get busy. We got to go. We got to put in gear. We got to find the fucking gear. Sometimes you can't find the gear. Sometimes it's just grinding in neutral. You know, you can't get it in. And you have to figure out and find your place and find your zone, man. And it's the trickiest thing I've ever done. And it's got to be the same correlation for you guys when you're sitting on the fucking bull and you're loaded two before you go. You know what I mean? You're in the shoot. You're in the shoot and the motherfucker keeps maybe dropping to his knees or he's backing up or he's putting your leg against the fucking pin. And it's not the right fucking feeling. And it's not the right time. And they're like, let's go, Tanner. Fucking nod your head. Pull. Let's go. And you're like, I don't want to go. It's not, it's not right. Yeah. And then, yeah. You, and you have to fucking make it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. say, all right, boys, let's go. And you got to fucking, because you have to prepare to beat whatever obstacle is on our worst day. And that's how I teach these kids that come to the ranch. Like, listen, Going out when you feel great and you're in shape and it's the best, you're in the flow state, you're in the zone, beating someone on that day, ah, that's not the day you need. It's the day you're hungover and you're sick and you feel like shit and all odds are stacked up against you. That's the day you need to train to fucking win. That's how you're a fucking winner. You know what I mean? On those days, when everybody else would say no, you say fucking saddle up, bitch, let's go. And those are the days that I need to be ready for. Fucking right. Yeah, that's fucking right there. You know, you uh, you talked about um, the texts and whatnot that come in on fight day, Cowboy. Um, 
I would imagine that you got four or 5,000 contacts in your phone. So I couldn't imagine what that looks like on fight day. So how, how, how do you deal with all that? Yeah. Um, so you do get a lot of messages and um, I read them and I look at them. Sometimes I do, it depends on what kind of mindset I'm in, but sometimes you, I'll get the one from my grandma or I'll get the one from the wife, you know, or I'll get the one of my son in his cowboy hat. See, you can't see her now, but I'm tearing up right now. That's the shit that fires me the fuck up, man. When I got my boy, I, he's watching. You know what I mean? Nah, I don't even care about anybody else. Yeah. He's watching. And I'm a fucking superhero to him, you know? And that, to me, is so cool. So sometimes you need that shit. But then sometimes that's too much. Sometimes I'm already fucking ready to go. And that puts me too much red limiter. You know what I mean? I'm too fired up. I'm too excited. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Cowboy, we still have an hour. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, fuck yeah. So, yeah so sometimes sometimes you read those messages because grandma texts me nine in the morning sometimes i'm fired up i'm ready to fucking shit and get at 9 a.m i don't fight till 9 p.m fuck oh, read that read that one too soon you know what i mean so <laughs> i know what? i know the people that 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 send me messages that I want to read. You know what I mean? Good friends of mine, people that know me, the people that know how to fucking touch the right buttons. Yeah. So yeah, I read those. Right. But then once I get on that bus and I head over to the arena, I don't, I put my phone away. It's time to, it's time to fucking shut up and, and fucking deal with the demons in my own head. So uh, like I said, because those messages and they they'll, they'll crank you sometimes they'll get you going the wrong way. Yeah. 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 And there's always, uh, like I know on the on the bull riding side of it too, like you say, it's like it's fucking game day, and and you there's that l- that line that you can't cross, but you have to get yourself to at least some point. And then there'll be media obligations, there'll be uh, friends needing tickets, or you know all that sort of shit on the side of it that that it's part of the game, but you have to block out and just fucking be selfish that day and fucking it's about me and this, this is, is my time. This is what I don't understand. You talk about your friends and tickets. Hey, bitch, Ticketmaster.com. That's where you fucking buy them. Don't text me. Don't, don't, don't text me. Don't call me. I'm not going to fucking hook you up. I don't even care. If you want to watch it on TV like 90% of the world, go ahead. You want to come down and support me? Buy your hotel. Buy your ticket. I'll fucking see you after the fight. That's my attitude with my friends. I, I'm so fucking sick and tired of them like calling me an hour before my friend. Like, hey, man, can you get me in? Like, no, bitch, I can't. What are you talking about? And so if anyone's listening and you have anybody competing, be a fucking grown up and go do it on your own. Leave them the fuck alone. Uh, so, I'm in, I'm in well, the event business, man. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. You got lots of friends one week out to the event, don't you? Oh, my God. Hey, Cowboy, train hard, play harder is your motto uh, a lot of the oh, time. Yeah. Okay. So all, all the time. Yeah, absolute legend, fucking wild man, as you just were talking earlier, uh, just hanging with Dan Balzerian and fucking Ken Block, living the life. Um, the injuries, though, pile up. Uh, I looked into some some stats, and it says that you've had 24 broken ribs, 24 times you've broke ribs. Um, you broke your a, bro, a bone in your foot over 40 times, and you got in an right. ATV accident and lost 12 fucking feet of intestines. Yep. What happened there? <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Um, just keep going, Tanner. The ATV accident was, we used to race Banshees back on the track. And um, we went around, we kept going around this fucking 
double all day long, all day long, not hitting it. And my buddy on a, on a 300 fucking KTM two stroke ripped it, yang, and snapped it. I was like, fuck it. Here I come. And I snapped right after him. And about halfway through the jump, I said, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and, uh, I tried to bail off. I got tangled up in the quad. I hit first, the quad smashed me on the back and the tear you have on my stomach is actually my stomach. It ripped open like a grape. I was like holding my intestines in my hand, waiting oh. for the fucking flight for life to come pick me up. So it was, uh, it was wild. Yeah, yeah it broke all my, all my ribs broke and crushed my lungs. It was uh, it was a painful couple hours for sure. <laughs> didn't they, the didn't you get pronounced dead? Yeah, I got pronounced dead. That was the first time I died. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's no uh, it's not just a, a ploy that your motto and and what you fucking say you fucking follow it up and I and there's a lot of people that uh, if they go to your your YouTube page yeah your own YouTube channel now with different shows yep, and shit yep. you can see it all fucking live right there. <laughs> it's just I I try to 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 do what you talk about you know that's that's the one thing we have as men which I right now in this day like we're the millennials right I am you are and then what are the fucking Kids under is called the generation fucking pussies. What is that? Z, Z? yeah, <laughs> Z or X, yeah, Z, I think. Yeah, fuck off, man. This is my thing. How could you be on a date with a girl and have to call some man to come change your tire? What kind of bitch would be sitting there? I'd take your bitch if I pulled up on a kid fucking had to change his tire. Like, man, <laughs> yo, honey, come with me. This fucking, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what fuck the fuck? Yeah, uh, that's so, good. Blame it on. The moms and the dads, man, I really do not raising their children correctly. The world's changing, man. It's crazy. Yeah, no shit. You know what? I always say, cowboy. I said they're a result of participation ribbons for all the last, you know, last twenty years, giving out trophies for last place. Bro, my two boys come home with a participation medal. It's going in the fucking trash can. Just so you know, we come to win, boys. Just if it ain't, if it ain't bringing home a first or second place trophy, you don't even come home. Yeah, I mean, we get a fucking last place. Fuck uh, out of here. Yeah, no way, Jose. And I'm gonna be. And if my skin, my kids in school, if the if the teachers aren't giving out first place trophies, daddy's gonna be standing there with a the first place trophy. I'll give it to you. Don't you worry, boy. You're gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, nice. that's good has having kids changed um your mindset or changed anything about uh, you know the way that you go about things i know for me i got two girls and it, it you got it you got to redirect that you have to ask me has it has it has it has it changed the way i do crazy activities has it changed the way i live my life like are you asking me are you asking me, am I worried about possibly getting hurt and dying? So have I stopped doing those things? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. No. Or the way that you day. approach your approach your life or your fights. Does that does it change anything about that? Your mindset towards it instead of being all in, are you a little bit hesitant because you don't want to leave them without a dad in a sense? Or do you you can't live that way because you've lived your whole fucking life this way? Yeah, I've lived my whole life crazy and wild, but the only thing that's changed is like my financial outlook. Now, now I have two kids to worry about and a wife to worry about, you know? So like saving money more now than I ever have, looking out for the future more than I have now ever, you know, things like that. You know what it is, is growing up and becoming a man. Like that's what I've been forced to do now. You know, the fucking wild cowboy has to fucking hang it up on that side of life. Like going out and partying with Dan B., Fuck yeah, I want to just fuck 12 bitches all night. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> but the repercussions, yeah, the repercussions of losing my wife and kids would it would so in that sense, yes, I, I you know, but uh, making wild decisions on snowmobiling or driving cars or none of that's changed. That's still wild, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I got a question for you, and and it's kind of goes back to the start of everything. Who? Sure. Who was your mentor? Like, who did you look up to, whether it was family or, or like who drove you to, to be as intense and, and reach the goals that you set out to be? What we all have our, our heroes. And I, I want to know, I'm interested sure. to see who yours is. Yeah. My grandfather who was actually my dad. He like raised me. My grandma, grandpa raised me. So, um, I, uh, yeah, he was my hero, man. He was a fucking unbelievable guy. Had a, had a stroke when he was, Halfway through medical school, he was 21 years old, had a stroke, lost all his memory, able to ability to walk, relearn to walk, great worth ethic and how to how to live live life and and to the fullest. And uh, so that's that's the man I, I look up to. And you know, he passed away. He passed away as I you want to talk about the hardest fight I've ever had in my life, my very first UFC fight I've ever had. Uh, my grandpa. About five weeks before the fight, goes to the hospital, and he's in there sick, and I fly down there, and I'm with him, and he tells me, what are you doing here, boy? And I said, I'm here with you, you know? He said, no, 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 you signed with the UFC. We knew this day was going to come, and uh, get the hell out of here. Go train. On speakerphone, as I'm walking through the cage, my grandpa fucking dies. It was like the hardest Shit. thing I've ever dealt with in my fucking life, man. Like, my best what? friend, Leonard Garcia, what? had the phone on speaker, and I just seen his face go like just not okay and i was like oh you're fucking kidding me so as i'm walking to the fight the man that i look up to the most the moment that i wanted him to see didn't happen you know it was wild crazy so y'all got me teared up you know it's crazy that's that's yeah. heavy oh, man that's fuck. that's real heavy Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit so, Wow, that goes, oh, yeah. in the, that goes in the prelogue in your book. When you write your book, that, yeah. that, that's that's how you kick it off right there, man. You'll have everybody's attention right there, Cowboy. That's some heavy, heavy stuff. Hey, Cowboy, so now you, you got your fight coming up here, and um, you know you got however many years left in you. You seem to be setting yourself up for the next part of your life with this movie fucking gig. I mean, it's not yeah, like you're just doing star. stunts. Yeah. But hey, it's not like you're just fucking doing stunts or something. You are you have fucking lines in movies. Uh, Spencer Confidential, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Post Malone. You just did fucking The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. Right. right? So we're, we're not right. talking little names here. So where does this come from? And, and is this kind of what the next step for you or what? Absolutely, man. I'm totally looking to move to transition into... Uh, into Hollywood, man. It's so much fun. It is, it is so much fun to pretend to, to like acting is like pretending, you know, you get to be somebody for, for a few weeks, few months, few days. And, uh, it's so fun. So cool. Uh, plus I got to do something that supports the lifestyle I'm used to. You know what I mean? I just spent a whole weekend at a fucking mansion in the mountains. I can't, I can't go back to renting a fucking two bedroom apartment. God damn it. So I need to, I need to subsidize my income somehow. Is yeah. is Hollywood ready for Cowboys? God, I hope so, man. I, I I've been uh, I've had a couple of offers I had to turn down for this fight I got, but as soon as I'm done fighting, I'm gonna give it everything I got and move forward into into acting 100. And the stunts the stunts is so fun. It's like, hold on, you're gonna pay me to drive that semi truck through these cars? 
I'd have done that. I'm not going to let you know that, but I did that for free. So, uh, yeah. so, so how did yeah. that come about? How did that opportunity come, come to you in the first place through your fighting career? Yeah, I was in LA flying back to Albuquerque. Uh, Papa Dash, we call him Jeff Dash. Now is his name. He's a, uh, amazing stunt coordinator. Uh, and I was in the airport and he sat down and started talking to me. He goes, Hey, do you have any interest in ever doing stunts? And I was like, no, not not really. Okay, before I tell you the story, I have to tell you. No, do we have enough time? We're, we're oh, good. Yeah, we're good. Fuck, we're good. What's all you, bro? I got to tell you a story before this story. So a movie called Felon came down to Albuquerque, New Mexico. They came to Jackson and they recruited a bunch of us to do a movie. Um, they wanted realistic fighting in the background of a jail, a prison scene. So we sign up, we go. It's my first time ever being on camera in a movie and I fucking hated it. I'm explaining to you why the, 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 the people on the movie talk to regular people. Like you're the worst person alive. Like okay. just the, their attitude, how they okay. hold to people drives me crazy. Well, we go to a prison in New Mexico. Um, it's where they filmed the longest yard. It's like a, a famous prison. Anyways, this prison has a gas chamber in it. You can't fucking tell me there's a gas chamber and then follow it up with, but you're not allowed to go look at it. So <laughs> I, I go down to this gas chamber. Well, one of the people that I talked to about that talk to people like they're crazy, come down there and fucking start pointing his finger in my face and talk to me. And I start looking around the halls thinking, who the fuck is this guy talking to like that? Like, I'm going to mop your motherfucking ass you talk to me like that. So I got thrown <laughs> off. That was my last. I got kicked off the movie. Um, left a bad taste in my mouth. So then I meet Jeff, Jeff Dash a few years later. He asked me if I ever wanted to do a movie. And I'm like, hesitant. Like, man, I don't fucking know. Like, he's like, yeah, you were there as an extra man. Like, it's a different thing. I want to bring you in as a stunt guy. You can ride a horse. We were shooting this Western. It'd be awesome to have you. And so I said, okay. And I went out and started working with him, met his son, JJ. And um, him and I hit it off, man. I've been doing stunts and working with them ever since. So wow. it's, it's unbelievable, man. It was tons of fun. So the first one left the shitty, shitty taste right now, but now I love it. Yeah. And now it's turned into like, because stunts are different from like fucking speaking roles and shit. Or, or the Spencer Confidential one, sure. did that come from, from they needed a fighter to fucking kick the fuck out of Mark Wahlberg or how did you get a you know a speaking role in that one? All right. So so Papa Dash calls me and says, Hey, I need you to fly to fly out to LA. We're um we gotta meet with uh Pete Berg, which is the director. I said, sure, I'll come out there and talk to him, no problem. What do you want to talk about? He goes, he wants to know your perspective on fighting. I said, sure, I'll be right there. So I jump on a plane, fly to LA. Now there's like 12 people in this waiting room as I walk in and I don't pay any mind to him. I'm like, oh, okay, sick. And I kind of just went in and Dash and I was in the in the meeting. I go in there and I start talking to um, Pete Berg and I explained to him how I think a fight would ha happen. You know, I, I'm I'm so sick of these movies where they have these girls hitting guys. I said one fucking hit from a dude floor a bitch. I'd be it. You'd be done. She's not getting up. It's not happening. And like these John Wicks where they fucking 75 hit combo, 30 people in a row. Like you'd be so gassed out. It would never happen. Like the realistic is not there. And Pete Berg said. You think you could do better? And I said, well, I think, yeah, I, I think I could make some fights. And he goes, okay, you're hired. And he hired me on as the, as the um, fight coordinator for the whole movie. Oh, and I was wow. like, I was like, what do you mean I'm hired? He's like, yeah, I want to bring you on. And we leave in a week. Uh, I need you to come to Boston. So I was fighting Mike Perry at the time. And they brought me to Boston, flew all my coaches out, got me a house and fucking paid for all my training. And all I had to do is go down there and 
design these fights for the movie. So the Spencer Confidential, every fight scene in there, I got a design. It was insane. It was so fun. Oh, right yeah. 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 So I made $12,000 a week to train for a fight. It was fucking unbelievable. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Looking back on it, they talked about Mark Wahlberg talking about, you know, Cowboys never actually fake fucking kicked the guy. So it wasn't like, I don't think he knew that he what half speed was to me because he could kick the fuck out of me. <laughs> and there's a video of... How speed was it? How yeah. speed was it? It was barely... Yeah, yeah. And so when you Mark kick... Mark is such a cool guy, you guys. Such a cool dude. He was like, uh, out of all the like, celebrities I've met, he was... Like the, the show Entourage, that's really based on him. Like I met the real life turtle yeah. and drama. Like so, but my thing is like when you're on a movie set, most of those big actors get their food, and they go off to the trailer. Dude, Mark would sit there and talk with everybody. Kids would come up for pictures, he'd stand and snap a photo with everybody. And I was like, that's who I want to be. If I ever make it to the fame like him, I want to be the guy that stand there and take pictures with everybody and shake their hands and am grateful for where the fuck I am. You know, it was really cool to see. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. What about yeah. on top of that too? So you you half kicked him, and do you remember when Kobe Yates and Ross Coleman, Luke Snyder oh, yeah. came out, and you guys had to do the 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 fight or whatever you well, got yeah. with them, and you uh, kicked fucking Kobe uh, and knocked him right down? What was that like? Roscoe is a heavy hitting son of a bitch. That boy, that old boy, yeah. So uh, that was fun. I just I I just fucking gave Cody a good one. That was that was, that was just for me being. Ross gave me the go-ahead. He green-lighted his ass. So I was like, all right, fuck it. It looked so, like somebody shooting a fucking gopher cool in the, the field. Just folded him, man. Just fucking woke up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that kind of how you got involved with well, the, the PBR to start with? Or did you have some ties to the actual PBR? Yeah, I've been a, well, man, I, I've been a, yeah, I've been a fan waiting for that. Always going to watch. You guys come down to the pit in New Mexico. I'm there. You know what I mean? So I, uh, I love the sport. I love watching you guys fucking go out there and dance. It's, it's, it's cool to me. So once you guys were uh, acquired by the same company, then the relationship started a little easier. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, Cowboy likes us. Let's bring him in and try and do some cross-promoting, you know? Same thing yeah. with the monster side of it. Yeah. And uh, I was I was like a fucking happy as a fag with a bag of dicks, man, being back there watching you guys on the shoot. So it was cool as shit. So I'm talking uh, the, the monster side of things. Uh you know, fellow team monster guy, kudos to monster, really great company that supports a lot of great guys. Um, what about your new racing team? Is that through monster? Or are you doing that on your yeah. own? What the fuck? What's going on there? Through, through monster either. I, uh, started off road racing. It's some of the most fun you can do with your clothes on, man. I'm telling you, it is insane. It's adrenaline. And again, another, I love competing. So it's another fucking, one-on-one competing sport, man. And, uh, God, it's fun. It's just racing now, basically like Can-Ams or, or, or UTVs, you know, and we, uh, I don't have the money to race trophy trucks yet. So I'm sticking with the small guns and, and going on there and having fun. Oh, that's badass. Nice. There's a picture on the internet of, uh, you with, with Donald Trump cowboy. One thing that you've been noted as in the media is saying is being a, a true blooded Republican American, nothing else. Uh, we all kind of seen the, the last election, how everything went down with Trump and Biden. And what's your thoughts on that whole situation? I mean, the infrastructure that, that Trump did people, people don't understand how much, unemployment rate he raised and the things that he did inside of our country. Yeah. The fucking wild motherfucker gets a little drunk and gets on social media and gets wild. I get it. 
<laughs> but I also I also love that too because the motherfucker will just sit there with his finger on the nuke button saying, going ahead, North Korea, say when. You know what I mean? It's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, very true. Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> but, you know, Biden, Biden pulled through and, man, the people that voted for him, that's now you have to understand what's going to happen with our nation, man. And you're going to, that's, you're responsible for that for the people that didn't vote that I'm very disheartened about that. Like if you have something to say, you want to talk about it and you didn't go and vote, shut the fuck up because you have a voice just like everybody else. So if you want to sit back and chirp, Oh, I should have done this. Trump doesn't do this. Well, then if he doesn't do that, then go and vote. And maybe your guy will, will do it. What's necessary, you know? So, um, like I said, man, I'm I'm a total right wing Republican. I'm definitely definitely more conservative than I am liberal, but uh, I, it's tough, man. It, it's a tough thing, and a lot of people tried to pick one of the better evils, and they and they think Biden's the answer. But um, I, I just don't believe in his views and and, and the way he's gonna gonna set up and run this country. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I voted Trump, and, and that's, that's, I'm proud to stand by. You know, people are always like, "Oh, you lost a follower." Well, whatever. Don't follow me. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard. Man, politics and religion are very hard to to a discuss and, and talk about in a, in a in a group setting, man. Because sometimes you have ignorant people that think they knew, know something, and sometimes you have people that that really do know, and it's hard to it's hard to distinguish the difference between the two because someone just heard something about his uncle saying that Trump did and fuck that. And, but they don't really know, you know, and then you have someone who maybe really does know. And he tries to explain that in the group and it just, it just starts fights. Same thing with religion. It's, it's yeah. hard to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So, Do you think there is something wrong with the voting system in the U S like they've all been claiming, was there some shit that went down that shouldn't have? What, what's the deal? Like, uh, Oh, you mean you mean the hundreds of thousands of dead people that voted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take that as a yes. There's a problem with the votes in America. Uh, It's just—it's just like they need to have. I don't know. I get the COVID thing screw everything up. So the mail-in ballots and the like. You just—we need to just distinguish some kind of a better system, right? Where everyone's got to go in, scan your ID vote on a, you know, go in and do it or, or the whole world doesn't mail in. You know what I mean? It's just, I think the mix, the mixed batch is is where the problem lies, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Talk about recounts and two, I I don't know, man. Who knows? Well, we, uh, we'll try not to get too much into that is, as as fighters and, and cowboys and bull rider bullfighters, we probably don't have all the fucking answers for that side of the world. Anyway, so we'll stick to what we know best and fucking do it our right. uh, yeah, well, I think we can we can keep some guy. I think we can keep people in line though. I got to give us that much. Well, cowboy keep could. In line. I don't think you yeah, could. Well, yeah. <laughs> He'd be on our right for sure. Cowboy. So um, Dana White. He, he's recently bought into some uh, bucking bulls and, and is with a guy that's taking some bulls to some PBRs and stuff. Is that something that would interest you at some point in your career, the bull side of it? Or what do you think of Dana joining in that side? Did he ask your opinion on the whole thing, knowing that you're tied to it? No, but I talked to him a few years ago. I did the backseat bucker program. I did two, uh, two seasons of that. and It was a ton of fun, man. I enjoyed the shit out of it. So it's cool to see him getting into 
yet another venture, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I think it's cool to, to have different because it brings another demographic of people towards your guys' sport, which is awesome and unbelievable, you know? So, uh, fuck, it's, it's cool. Definitely. Yeah, it's huge. We've held you for a long time here. We appreciate you being a part of the NFP podcast. Scott's got our infamous question for you. Well, Cowboy, Cowboy sure. it was it was great to, to listen to you. And, and man, I, I had goosebumps fucking 10 times with some of the <laughs> shit you said, man. It was awesome. Well, being a, being a bad motherfucker and, and the owner of the bad motherfucker ranch, uh, this podcast is the hashtag NFP podcast. Um, we want to know what your take is with those three letters mean to you, NFP. NFB, you know, to me, raising your kids, we talked about raising your kids and, and being brought up in the world we are today. You know what I mean? And it's, it's about being a tough man's man, I think, and, you know, and to me, that's the most important that you be when I could look you in the eyes and shake your hand and you know, like, oh, the, he means business. You know what I mean? He's, he's not limp wrist and fucking give me a little bullshit shake. And he's, he knows how to fucking get down and work. Like right now, if the world ended and the apocalypse started, I'll tell you who's going to live me. I'm going to fucking go hunting. I'm going to skin a fucking buck. I'm going to fucking live. That's how I was raised. I'm going to make it. I'm not just going to wrap myself in bubble wrap and be like, Oh God, I hope they come out with a vaccine and we all fucking make it. No bitch. I'm going to fucking buckle down, do what I got to do, get to work and do what I got to do. And to me, that's what being a bad motherfucker is across the board. You know, if you got to work hard to earn it, work hard to earn it. You know what I mean? And uh, so to me, that's what it's all about. Down to the fucking roots, down to the core of it is fucking be a man. Do what the fuck you say you're going to do. Damn. Motherfucker, that's the best <laughs> one yet. That's the best <laughs> one yet. Uh, I'm solid. <laughs> Okay, Cowboy, well, fuck, once again, we appreciate having you on the yeah, NFP man. podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. No We're going to have to do this uh, once this fucking world opens up a little bit. We'll uh, we'll fly down there into New Mexico and we'll do a live version at the BMF Ranch and take in what it's all about. We, uh, right we, on. we appreciate having you on here. The NFP podcast presented by 3D This time, fate is a crossroads. And it's high noon for the UFC's most unconquerable flame. To a shattered record. The all-time leader in wins. Upon record. The all-time leader in finishes. And traded blows with a murderer's row for a decade. The legendary cowboy. Cowboy. A fabled gunslinger who threw 33 UFC bouts has made the fighter's slogan a way of life. I'll fight anyone, anywhere, I don't care. Yeah, cowboy, that's what I love to do.